0: Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome everyone to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to begin today by calling in the spirits to gather around us. I call out to the ancestors. I call out to all of those who are good and true and beautiful in your ancestral line and in my own. I call out to the energy of those who have gone before us, that we might learn from those who have already made these mistakes we are about to make, that we might learn and do something different, that we might innovate, that we might heal, that we might create change and go forward in a new way. So I call out to these ancestors to be with us here today to hold us well in this circle as we converse today and learn about those things that are old and yet still applicable here today. So I call out to the great, ancient, beautiful, amazing ancestor, the Earth. I give thanks to the Earth for the wonder of her dreaming, that dream of life that brought life as we know it to the face of this planet. We live on a very special world, and that life on this world is a miracle. And so let us live this day understanding that each one of us is a piece of that miracle and all things around us are also a piece of that miracle. And let's live in a way that acknowledges that miraculous nature of life, the interconnection, the interweaving, the wonderful interplay of energy that allows life to unfold. May we be in that interplay today from our hearts. So we call out to the earth to bring to us the wisdom of manifestation. How do we live here in form in a good way? And we give thanks to the earth for that wisdom. Thanks for connection and home and belonging, for a place to live and to reach out. And from this place with our feet firmly planted, we reach out and up up to the sky, to the highest power of the universe, and by whatever name you call that power, call it down. Call it down into our proceedings here today that we might receive the blessings and generosity, the benevolence of our universe, of the energies that come from above. We call this energy in for protection and for guidance. We call this energy in that the way might be illuminated today. So with the energy of the earth from below and the sky above, with these energies merging within ourselves, within our circle, within our place here together that is extended out over time, as people download the show at any time, may the circle hold us all well. And into the circle, we finally call out to the energy of our own hearts. We call out to the heart as that place that can hold the fire of our passion and desire for what it is and the confusion and the frustration, all that goes with the fact that each one of us has come here with a unique genius. And it is our task here in this life to discover it and to live it. And the heart can hold all of that, even the frustrations and the wrestlings with what is it and how do I do it here in this world that I have chosen to be in at this time. So we call out to that power of the heart to contain, All that is between you and your unique genius and the power of the mind to come in, not as the great judge and the critic, but as the one who is inspired, who has the creativity and the innovation and the ability to grasp that passion and its place in the world and find that creative way that you will go forward and live that in its fullest, that those who are coming after you will have what they need to do what they have come here to do. So with all of these energies circle round, we give thanks. May what needs to be heard be heard and what needs to be said be spoken. We give thanks today, um, especially to David and Steve and Indrek, for their offerings, for their donations to Why Shamanism Now, and thanks to all of the listeners who have donated in this last week. This show is supported by those who listen And that allows the show to be free to others all over the world who have the ability to connect in one way or another to a computer or to download the shows. And this is how this show lives. And so if you are moved in any way by any of the shows, I ask you to let that movement in your heart or your mind translate into action. And this is the absolute fundamental core of shamanism. That we allow what moves us in our heart to translate into effective action in our lives. And so if that action is to extend the wisdom and to touch others, that's great. If you'd like to send that action back to us here at Y Shamanism Now, please go to whyshamanismnow.com. To the website, you can click on the support button and donate any amount of money, large or small, that you choose to. Every single dollar is deeply appreciated, and it all goes directly to keeping the show on the air with our fabulous network, Co-Creator Network. So we thank you all for joining in the act of bringing Why Shamanism now to the people, that we might all grow wise and our quality of our decisions might be enhanced through our understanding of how to be in good relationship with spirit and let spirit help us in our everyday human life. The show today is live. You can call in at 512-772-1938. Or if you're listening through the co network.com site, you can click the Skype button. Or you can just email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And that is my website, lastmaskcenter.org. So today, The topic of our show is on taking a teacher. So, how does one choose a shamanic teacher? So, before I answer that question, the first thing I should ask you is, why are you looking for one? Why would you even be asking, how do I choose a shamanic teacher? So, are you looking for a shamanic teacher because you're interested in what has essentially become... Uh, core shamanism now or a set of skills that could help you better navigate your life or do you want to be a shaman if the latter is true beware however let's say you're part of that former category That you just want to learn new skills to better navigate your own life. You understand that your life is meant to be a life of spiritual activism. And if you're going to be spiritually active, you need to have a working relationship with spirit. So you're going to shamanism to learn some new skills so that you can better navigate your life. You can make better quality decisions. And you can better guide the unfolding of your life as an expression of your soul's purpose. That is a great reason to go learn shamanic skills. The Foundation for Shamanic Studies and all of its spinoff teachers that teach what is essentially called core shamanism these days are a perfectly good place to go learn shamanic skills. There is no problem with that. In my world, um, I consider these skills and some other energy medicine skills simply basic life skills that we all need. And in my world, you look on my website, lastmasscenter.org. And you will see them under classes and workshops, under life skills, because I consider all of these teachings the life skills and adult human needs to function as a spiritual adult in our world. So learning skills, learning shamanic skills, is a great reason to be looking for a shamanic teacher. So, fabulous. So, let's say that another good reason that you are looking for shamanic skills is that you've received um, shamanic healing in your own path um, of healing, and it really helped you, and that it was the shamanic healing that finally shifted you in ways that you were unable to shift by other means. Um, that's excellent. And let's say that in that process of um, receiving shamanic healing, you were given helping spirits, which would probably be the case, Um, and it would have been an energy retrieval or a power retrieval. And so you've got these helping spirits now, and you want to develop that relationship. Well, if that's the case, that is another great reason to go learn shamanic skills. Um, These skills, shamanic skills, put us in direct contact with our true teachers who are our helping spirits. So that is a fabulous reason to go learn shamanic skills. And in particular, if you're interested in shamanism because of your own experience receiving shamanic healings, you may need to. This is another way to look at this, but you may need to learn. Excuse me, learn to communicate with your helping spirits. That may be the final phase of your healing. Um, my teacher was uh, my Qigong teacher. Learned Qigong, and from the Qigong he learned Tai Chi, all in the path of his own healing. And his teacher told him. Several years into his training, when he was basically had when he had basically sustained good health for a year, said, "This great, you're well, great, fabulous, good for you. Now, if you want to stay well, you need to finish learning these this skill set." And so he went from learning qigong and tai chi into learning the hard forms or the fighting forms of um, kung fu. And so in that instance, for him to seal the deal in a sense on the healing that he had experienced, he needed to complete the teachings. And I see this all the time with people, clients that I work with in shamanic healing, is that they work with me for a while and it's perfectly fine. Um, I'm doing the healing, they're receiving, but as the healing uh, sessions continue. The spirits are giving more and more information that the person needs to become active in his or her relationship with spirit, and that that is the continuing answer for the completion or the the, the full manifestation of their healing. Another way I would say that is the full manifestation of their changing the energetic dynamic of their life that resulted in the illness. You know, we're all living in the logical conclusion, the logical energetic conclusion of the sum total of our life. So if we don't like that conclusion, if we want to change the illness that is at the conclusion of that, then we need to shift that sum total. And so my sense is what the helping spirits are saying is that learning shamanic skills and practicing them in their life is that final fundamental shift in how you're engaging energetically in your life. And in doing that, changing the way you approach your life, you change that logical conclusion and the sum total of your life doesn't add up to that illness anymore. So this makes complete sense to me as a shamanic healer. I hope that makes sense to you. But again, pursuing shamanic skills as the full manifestation of your healing process is a great reason to be looking for a shamanic teacher. Another thing... It's the very simple, simplest reason to be looking for shamanic healing is that you've simply realized that the skills you gain from your family of origin, lovely as those people may be, aren't cutting it in your life. That, that, that your family of origin skill set leads to the same kind of relationships or job relationships or whatever, and you're not happy with it. And so you realize, okay, these skills equal this result in my life. So if I want a new result, I need a new skill set. Shamanic skill set's a great one. There are others. I'm particularly biased towards the shamanic one. So once again, another great idea. I need a new skill set. I'm looking for a shamanic teacher who can teach me shamanic skills. Super. These are all great reasons. Now, what if you think you want to be a shaman? And that's the reason you're looking for a shamanic teacher. Understand that that is a place of choice. I think I want to be a shaman. I'm choosing to be a shaman. That is a very different place than I have just been spontaneously initiated, fundamentally changed, and these spirit guides keep telling me what to do and they won't go away, so now I don't have a choice. So I'm looking to be a shaman. That's a very different place than I think I want to be a shaman. I could choose to be a shaman or a real estate agent. you know. So understand that whole choice around being a shaman in and of itself is an implication, you're probably not called. So think about that as we think about why are you looking for a shamanic teacher? I've already given you a whole bunch of great reasons to be looking. So it's not that you shouldn't be, but why? Wanting to be the healer forces other people into needing healing. And this is something we need to understand. If we are going to accept, and I suggest we should, that everything is energy, everything is connected, and everything affects everything else, then for me, for example, to present in the world, I am the healer, that will require someone else becomes the I-need-to-be-healed person. And so what I suggest is for anybody who wants to be the healer, or the shaman is that you do some deep personal work and ferret out where inside of you is this personal need to be the healer actually coming from. I suggest that once you have done that, that you move towards the desire to live your soul's purpose or the desire to live your destiny versus the desire, for example, in relationships one is most effective with the intention to create a certain kind of relationship All right not i want this kind of relationship with bob or with sue because now that involves the manipulation of bob or sue into that other role versus i am asking the universe for a particular kind of relationship and i am not attached to who the other person is on the other end that makes that relationship work for me and for them, ultimately. This is a similar thing with this whole wanting to be a healer or wanting to be a shaman. I suggest that you want neither, but that you want passionately to live your soul's purpose. And if being a healer or being a shaman is a great vehicle for your soul's purpose, fabulous, we're all good then. But my experience as students come into training and in students I've been in training with when I was a student is there are way too many people who are already attached to the idea, I want to be a shaman. I personally have never been attached to that idea. So granted, I'm biased and look where I got stuck. So, but my point is to want to be the healer or want to be the shaman sets us up already in an unhealthy and codependent dynamic with other people. And I suggest that the calling to shamanism exists outside of that level of psychology and that interpersonal dynamic, that the calling to shamanism is mythic and archetypal and that if you are responding to interpersonal needs and interpersonal psychology or an emotional states that are as yet unexplored, that's not a true calling to shamanism. It's just a true calling to do your own personal work. And so, Think about that as you're thinking about why am I looking for a shamanic teacher? Once again, great thing to be doing. Lots of good reasons to be looking for a shamanic teacher. But question deeply if you're looking for a shamanic teacher because you want to be a shaman. Okay, so let's say no matter what I say, you still want to be a shaman. And that is why you're looking for a shamanic teacher. Then this is my suggestion. When you find that teacher... Study as if you don't want to be the shaman. I have watched this again and again in students for two decades now. Those who want to be the shamans badly miss the actual teachings that are placed right in front of them. That would take them on that path. Because their attachment keeps the doors closed. In a sense... It's as if their cup is already full, so there's nowhere to put anything. But that's not really the case because the cup isn't full yet. It's more like the cup has um, a safety lid on top. I've already decided I'm going to be a shaman, and so this has already got to happen. And that's not the path. You know, spirit doesn't really listen to us in that regard. Spirit takes us on the path, whatever we need to go on. And I see the people who most want it always miss it, even though it is being offered to them. It's very interesting because spirit is always testing us and, and, and sort of giving us the opportunity and wanting to see whether we get it. Do we know it when we trip over it? And there is something about that strong orientation to I want to be the shaman that keeps us from seeing those steps to become the shaman when they're placed right in front of our face. So I suggest If that's truly your heart's desire, forget about it. Go study passionately. Let the spirits take you on whatever that journey is. And simply trust that if it is truly into the path of being a shaman, you'll get there. And stop trying to micromanage and control it. Which is essentially what's going on when people decide they want to be the shaman. So... With that said, there is another piece of this that moves us again into the more Taoistic or even archetypal realm. I used to study with a woman, and she she was a practitioner. And she always listened in class. All of her questions were always about we would learn something. The rest of us would be asking our own questions for ourselves about how could we deepen our learning or understanding of the thing that we were learning. Her questions were always, how do I do this for somebody else? How do I guide my clients or patients in doing this? How can I apply, you know, how can I use this for somebody else? There was, it's like, it just bounced off her and went right into helping other people, helping other people, helping other people. And there was an aspect of that that was truly neurotic. And yet she believed she was coming from such a sincere place of being the helper. And so once again, here we have an example of someone who is so identified with being the healer, they forget to do their own healing. They forget to take it in and to understand if we're going to move through this to become the teacher, that we're going to teach someone else, we're going to lead someone else in some way, we must follow the path first. We must trip over every root in the path. We must be snagged by every branch. We must make all the mistakes ourselves and still get through it ourselves before we can turn back around and even presume to offer to offer anything to anyone else. And so in this regard, once again, it is so important to toss away The I want to be a shaman energy and just go learn, go experience, go study and see what happens. We must follow the path that spirit lays out for us without attachment to where it's going. So we must study with the willingness to discover that being a shaman is not your path. And if you can do that, you may actually stumble over it, recognize it for what it is, and gain your heart's desire. And that's a beautiful story. But I guarantee you, if you go in there knowing, it will elude you. So how do we choose a shamanic teacher? Oh, it's such a complex question these days. How do we choose a shamanic teacher? So let's get some of the nasty bits of reality out of the way right now. All right. So the nasty bits of reality are this. They all come from the pack fact that there are huge pressures right now on people offering shamanic teachings. And the more and more there are teachers that spring up and hang out a shingle, the greater those pressures grow. There is not an infinite number of people that are interested in shamanism. There should be, frankly, from my opinion, but there's not. That's the reality. And so there are huge pressures on shamanic teachers. And now this is the interesting thing about teaching shamanic skills or shamanism. Shamanic skills are not hard to learn. However, they are very, very hard to practice well. So herein lies the rub. If you are studying with someone who doesn't understand the difference between learning the skills and what it means to use those skills with mastery and grace and efficacy in a practice, then you are with a guide. You are not with a teacher interesting distinction. Now, if you are with this person just to learn skills, then you're fine. If you're with a good guide, they can transfer the skills that they're learning themselves to you reliably. Great. If you're just there to learn skills, then you're just fine. However, if you yourself are on a path of mastery and shamanism make no mistakes Shamanism is a path of mastery. It is not learned in weekend workshops. It is a path of mastery. And if you are on that path and you are with someone who is simply a guide around skills, then you are with the wrong person. That is not the right shamanic teacher for you. So shamanic skills are not just a bunch of modalities that you can add to your skill set. Shamanic skills only truly work in the hands and the heart ...of a master, someone who has mastery in shamanism. So it's important if you're looking for mastery and not just skills... ...that you are studying with someone who has it. And if they don't even understand the difference themselves... ...you are not with someone who is anything more than a guide. And again, if all you want is guidance in learning the skills, that's fine. So you, the student, must understand that all over America... People are taking a workshop in one weekend and turning around and teaching it in the next month. That many quote-unquote teachers are not masterful enough to even understand that there is a problem with that. They don't even get that there is a problem with learning from some other teacher on you know in October and then presenting that same stuff, supposedly the same stuff, in November in your own coursework. So to say nothing of the shabby ethics in that, I mean, as shamanic practitioners, most of us have nothing but our reputation and the s- classes we have developed from our own practice. So for someone else who have not, has not walked that path and learned how to teach these particular things, to just turn around and take that and teach it is unethical, period. Okay. Okay. But with that said, if we set those shabby ethics aside, there is simply no mastery and no respect of the path that leads to it to be a good student and pay attention in class one month and then turn around and just regurgitate that exact class the next month. Again, without taking it in, without walking that path yourself, without tripping over the roots and understanding why it is the way that it is. So once again, you as the students need to understand, you who are looking for teachers need to understand there are people calling themselves teachers all over America who are doing nothing but regurgitating what their teachers taught them. They're kind, they're loving, their intentions are good, but you need to be smart. You need to discern whether that person has actually translated these teachings through their own experience into a path of mastery, or are they just a copy of a copy who's a copy of a copy of a copy? Okay. Now, the biggest issue that I see right now, back to these pressures that are on teachers offering shamanic teaching right now, is there's a huge pressure from the student population um, in their expectation to receive certification. What am I going to get out of it? Can I get CEUs? There's this huge pressure on teachers to offer certification, to offer continuing ed credits. So my colleagues who offer certification, I've discussed this with them, many colleagues on many different occasions, and their rationalization basically boils down to this. I am certifying my students, the certification simply acknowledges that those people went to those classes and completed that course of study. It doesn't certify them as shamans. That is what your teachers are saying. That is the rationalization they were giving for why they are offering certification because there's a huge pressure right now. Students choose courses that offer certification against courses that don't for simply for the certification fact, and these people are simply responding to the market pressures, they're not offering anything unethical, that the certification simply says, yes, these people took the courses. Now, granted, that is technically true. But you as a student need to know that that is what your teachers are saying, that your certification only means that, yes, you attended class. That's all. And you and I both know that in the professional world, Certification implies that you are now sanctioned to practice. That is the implication of certification in our professional world. And we all know that. So it's not um, unreasonable for you, the student, to assume that your certification implies that you're being sanctioned to practice. But understand that your shamanic teachers aren't saying that. When they are questioned by their colleagues, they're saying, well, no, I'm just... Validating that yes, they took my course. So you need to know that and you need to know that all your certification means is you attended class. So be very aware as a student selecting a teacher of the seduction of certification. And that's all it is. It's a seduction. If you're looking between classes that don't offer certification and classes that do, as far as you know, the classes are equal, you don't know the teachers yet, you don't know who has mastery, and one of them's offering you certification and continuing education units. Seduction of certification right there. So in a system where only the spirits select the shamans, there is no valid human certification. With the possible exception of Tuvan shamans and their red cards, you need to understand that in shamanism, there is no human certification. Your certification doesn't mean anything other than the fact that you took the courses. And that's all it's ever going to mean. That's all it's ever going to mean. Because the spirits select the shamans. The people don't. The people, in terms of the clients that receive the healings, in a sense, select the shamans because they acknowledge that the healing was effective. And in that way, the people select the shamans by who is effective and who they go to. But the bottom line is, there is no certifying body, and there isn't going to be, or there shouldn't be, because we're going to get into some serious problems if we do. So be very careful of the seduction of certification. Authentic training in shamanism will take years, and authentic training comes with no guarantees. So the other thing teachers are caving into is the pressure to give their students guarantees. So if you are being given a guarantee, like the promise of if you travel to this exotic location and do this initiation with these indigenous people, you will get that initiation. It will mean the same thing to you as it does to those people. Well, that's just ridiculous if you actually understand shamanism, but boy, is it a great marketing tool. So anyone, now, that's not to say someone wouldn't go on that experience of that initiation and potentially have an initiation, that could happen. But if your teacher is guaranteeing that, they are out of authenticity and out of integrity because you cannot guarantee Even indigenous cultures, you can't guarantee that everybody who does a particular initiatory experience is going to actually be initiated at the other end of that experience. That is ludicrous. So any guarantees about what you're going to get or that this training will make you a shaman in nine short months run the other way because there is serious integrity issues and you've got a teacher who's now caved in to marketing pressure. And believe me, as a teacher who barely makes a living as a shamanic practitioner and teacher, I feel the pressures. I know exactly what people are caving into. I know exactly why people write up marketing that promises the shamanic world to students. Because you all choose it. You are all seduced by it. You will go and say, but this person said, if I do this workshop, I will be initiated as a seventh level whatever and blah, 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 blah. Wake up, people. We, the teachers, are trying to survive as well. And people are caving in to the pressure every day to do false advertising, to guarantee things, and to certify things that they cannot guarantee. And the certifications don't really mean anything. So be very, very careful. If you are on a path of mastery, if your calling to shamanism is sincere, be smart, be sane, be sober as you are selecting teachers. It takes years to learn these skills. So if a training says, this is the most comprehensive training available, you're going to learn everything you need to know in 10 months. Run the other way. Unless... You are simply looking for skills because then that's a great place to go get the skills. You're going to get all the skills in 10 months. Fabulous. As long as you stay sane and sober that you are getting skills only, then that's a great opportunity. But if you think that 10-month comprehensive certification program is going to pop you out as a shaman, then you aren't doing your job as a student to really know what it is that you're engaging with. Because the skills themselves will not make you a shaman any more than learning to paint in art school will make you an artist. I mean, I wasn't the world's greatest dancer. But even so, we still, the dancers who were dancing professionally, always joked, you know, that those who can't dance, go study it in school. I mean, there there is that place between the art and the artist and the skill set. And this is true in shamanism. Shamanism is an art. So, now, just in case people are starting to go, hmm, this doesn't quite jive with other things she said, understand that I am completely out about the fact that I did study for several years with the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. And I learned great skills there. It also took me a long time after to sort out the fact that I didn't get taught to be a shaman there, that I had only been taught skills. I got caught up naively in the little bubble everybody else gets caught up in, which is believing that what we're getting there is something beyond the skills. And I've got no complaint about the skills. They are good, solid, legitimate shamanic skills. I got no complaint there. But I was naïve. And I, and there is a, a way in which the students are allowed to believe that this training is making them shamans. And this is true not just at the Foundation of Schmack Studies. It's true all over the United States. Because if you, the student, thinks this simple thing is going to make you a shaman, you will be seduced into staying and paying your money and staying there. Instead of staying sober and sane and realizing what you're getting, that if you're learning skills, that's all you're learning. If you're learning a cosmology, great. Then you're learning cosmology. How do these fit together? How do I use them? The art of being a shaman goes far beyond what we're learning in these weekend workshops. So once I sorted out this whole situation with the skills that I'd been, I'd uh, learned. And, you know, and partly I was able to sort this out because as I was researching from the encyclopedia, I was reading a lot of stuff that Michael Harner wrote and a lot of his discussions, his scholarly discussions with his colleagues in a- academia in, in the academic study of shamanism. And his own defense of his own teachings at the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. And again, they are great teachings. I'm not um, dismissing them at all. But as I read Michael's own words with his peers in academia about shamanism, about what the Foundation for Shamanic Studies was offering, I realized that Michael himself was saying, you know, we're not, you know, teaching people to be shamans in a workshop. And, you know, I read that enough times before it finally got through my own thick head, we're not teaching people to be shamans in a weekend workshop or a week-long workshop. We're teaching people skills, and they are valid skills, and I agree with Michael. They are valid skills. So once I understood that I had been given skills, then all of a sudden, all these answers I was getting from my helping spirits started to make sense. So it takes years to learn to use these skills well, and you will never learn to actually do it well if you, have not, if you do not have the blessings of spirit to do the work. In other words, understand this. In other words, everyone can journey. Everyone has spirit help. If you ask your helping spirits to assist you in doing a soul retrieval for someone else, they will. The fact that they help you doesn't mean anything. They are helping spirits. Help is what they do. They do what you ask for the most part. That's how the relationship works. So the fact that you go to workshops, you're helping spirits show up, and they help you do what you're asking them to do doesn't mean anything. That is how the relationship works for everybody. It doesn't make you special in any way at all. Using the skills well requires the next level of relationship with spirit that is developed because you were called by spirit into the work. And your calling can be very painful and confusing. Like Michael Dunning did a great interview with Michael, who's a profoundly interesting practitioner, who spent a decade wasting away in an illness none of the medical system could understand, alternative or otherwise. Until he was taken to a yew tree and was initiated over another 10 years by the yew tree. I mean, I'm not saying the whole knowing you've got a calling is an easy thing these days. It's a pretty messy thing, especially for those of us that are utterly outside of any shamanic traditions. But that's the deal, is over and above the skills There is another level of relationship with spirit that is the calling to do the work. And if you have the calling to do the work, and even if it came like it did for me, the calling came before I knew any of the skills, so I was really confused, right? Even if it comes like that, the truth is if you don't have that calling, you can still use the skills. It's just never going to be what it's meant to be. And it also means being a shamanic practitioner is not a great vehicle for your soul's purpose. And that is the most important thing in every one of our lives, is that we find the teachers that guide us towards living our soul's purpose. So like I said, I'm, you know, I'm working my way through all of the little nasty bits of reality about shamanic teachers and the, the fact of and the pressures of teaching shamanic skills in a contemporary time. So basically, understand that skills and weekend workshops aren't enough. So if you are taking short courses with a teacher that you like, just stay sane and sober about what you're getting from that. There's no reason to bail in an experience that you're enjoying and that you're benefiting from because it's at least going to transform you and take you closer to being your true self. But be sober. Be sane. Don't be seduced. Understand what it is that you're receiving. And I guess the final pressure of the, in the contemporary world right now is this incredible pressure right now to put everything online. You know, shamanism is an oral tradition, and I talked about this at length last week. And you as students, in your growing refu- refusal to travel, in your growing refusal to pay, you create a pressure that is changing the teachings, That just like the dumbing down of Tai Chi and Qigong that has happened, um, that has given us forms now that people practice all over the United States that have very little benefit for the time that they invest in these forms. Because they've been dumbed down so much to meet our demands as the students. That similarly, the pressure to move everything online will mean that you will never touch the essence of the shamanic teachings because they can only be known through experience. So understand that I say this absolute, and I don't say absolutes all that often, but I say this with, with a huge reliance myself on technology, in my own teachings and in my own community, that my community is national. It's not local. It is a non-local shamanic community. And it's an enormous challenge for us, which we can only begin to be able to meet when everybody got email which was i know nobody can remember when that was but you know in my lifetime we didn't used to have email you know i remember answering machines you know much less email okay but the ability to communicate via email and not have to pick up the phone to call but to send an email that changed everything and my non-local shamanic community of students is built on this technology the ability to send emails, the ability to have conference calls, the ability to work on projects together on base camp. We are deeply invested in the internet to keep our non-local shamanic community alive. So I am not a Luddite. I am not saying moving everything online isn't going to happen because technology is bad because I don't believe that. I couldn't do what I'm doing. And I am being guided by spirit to make a non-local I based student community. That is what I'm being asked to do by spirit. I couldn't do it without the technology. So I am not a technology is bad person, right? I'm a little bit of a spaz sometimes with technology, but I, I value it highly with that said, be very careful of teachers who claim that you can get it all through some virtual experience. Cause I'm just being a realist. Some of this goes virtual real well. You know, it extends the storyteller. Here I am right now talking to you. Many of you who don't even know, wouldn't have known I exist. Maybe wouldn't have even known shamanism exists without this show. So technology, good. Bravo. This is where it works to extend the message out. But there are other aspects that won't go virtual. They can't. It, it, It destroys the very nature of the experience for it to be a virtual experience. And so be very careful as you're selecting teachers of teachers that send too much and claim it can all happen, you know, online from your couch. So what if no teacher comes when the student is ready? And that's another big challenge with selecting a teacher. Then work with your helping spirits. They are teachers. Gain the skills that you need for reliable, discerning relationship with your helping spirits. I mean, that's basically what I did. I didn't know it at the time, but now you can know it. Go directly to the person who is the best guide for you to teach you these skills and gain the skills you need for a reliable, discerning relationship with your helping spirits and proceed with the mind of a true scientist. Test everything. Everything is a hypothesis until you've tested it. So, proceed with the mind of a true scientist and the heart of a true artist and see what happens. Um, in shamanism, the spirits are always the true teachers. All right, Christina, but how do I choose a shamanic teacher? Well, do you choose them or do they choose you? I'm not so sure sometimes. But entering into any shamanic training is not a decision to take lightly. Authentic training will take years. And it will come with no guarantees. This means that your relationship with your shamanic teacher is a long-term relationship. Make no mistakes about this. Shamanism in its true form is intimate. It is spiritually intimate and it is energetically intimate. And this fact has been the downfall, as I can tell, of many teachers in my generation. Because they could not separate out the sexual intimacy, from the fact in shamanism of spiritual and energetic intimacy. So you need to be with a teacher. If you're going to choose a teacher. Choose someone who lives in such a way and presents a kind of integrity such that you can be in a long-term spiritual and energetically intimate relationship with this person which means you cannot say, oh, well, yeah, I know he or she does this, but they're so good at this. This is a long-term intimate relationship. You need to think about that and make sure that you are choosing to be in this relationship with someone you don't need to make excuses for because there is no way around it. Energetically and spiritually, this person will become one with you again and again and again throughout your training, and you will become one with them. That is the nature of intimacy. So make sure you choose your shamanic teachers with that understanding in mind. Look for a teacher with whom you do not have to compromise your integrity to be in that long-term relationship with. Look for someone who lives what they teach, And in that, look for someone who is honest about their own failings, how they now and again, because they're human, are not going to live up to their own standards. A good teacher will be honest about that. We're all human and will not blame their own failings on their students. And I have certainly experienced this far too many times myself as a student. But understand that your teachers aren't going to be perfect. And if you're looking for a perfect teacher, you are setting yourself up. Teachers are human. Well, if you're looking for human teachers, your helping spirits aren't. So if you're really worried about that, then just stick with your helping spirit teachers. But if you're with a human teacher, they're human. They're going to make mistakes. And what you want is someone who is lucid, who is healthy, who is honest, and who can be with their mistakes Use the teachings to transform those mistakes into their own growth and development. And if that's the case, then you're with a great teacher. So, you also need to choose between charisma and the passion in the heart of a true teacher. And your ability to do this, to choose between charisma and passion, has to do every bit with your own relationship with your own seducer. Can you tell the difference between charisma and passion at the bar, you know, with your friends? that charisma will take constantly from you. It requires adoration. Passion will give back to you, because it will resonate with your passion and ultimately help to um, like spark it. A fire, it's like a fire that can jump and set your passion on fire. So true passion ignites the passion in others, and so it gives. Charisma um, excites, but it doesn't give, it takes. And that would probably my best ability to, to define how to sort out the difference for yourself. The other question is, what are the signs that there might be problems lying under the surface of a teacher that are not apparent in the beginning? And um, I think it's important for you to know that there are traditional signs for the idea that um, there are problems lying just under the surface. The main one for shamanism is death all around the teacher. It's true also just all around the shaman, even if the shaman isn't a teacher. If there are too many people dying around a teacher, a shamanic teacher, then there are problems in that individual's relationship with the spirit world. And what it means is that they, as a practitioner, are strong. They have good protection. But the disharmony that they're creating is deflecting off them onto those who are more vulnerable around them. And this is a very important thing for you to pay attention to as a student because as a student, you are more vulnerable when you are around a teacher. So if you're around a teacher that is um, creates uh, where there's a great deal of death um, and, and serious problems around them, then that is a warning sign. Now that is different than a teacher who simply challenges people to look at their false self, to look at their shadow, to look at what they don't want to look at, because that frankly is the job of, a good shamanic teacher is to help you to see what you're not willing to see and to hear what you don't want to hear and to know the parts of your relationship with spirit. You don't want to know. So their job is to poke you and prod you and stir you up and sometimes to piss you off. And that's fine. That's different than people dying around you. Okay. Okay. So keep that in mind. And, and there, that is um, actually a good rule of thumb, (laughs) whether or not people are dying all around the teacher. So one of the ways to think about this is there are guides and guides are people who can share what they are learning themselves in a way that is clear and a reliable repeat of the source. So in other words, when I have my advanced students teach others how to journey, they are guides. They are quite capable of reliably conveying the journey skill to new students. Right? So now a teacher then, and that's a perfectly fine person, for you to go learn skills from. Someone who is a reliable conduit for the skills, they're good and solid in the skills, why not? There's no, no reason not to learn skills from those people. Now, a teacher is someone who can share what they already know because they've learned it and they're living it. So that's a teacher. So a teacher is truly living the skills at this point. And, and in the living of it, their paradigm is being changed by it. So they are able to teach in a way that is a clear and reliable extension of the source material. And they have their own authentic relationship with the source. So they're not just repeating what they were told reliably, but what they're teaching is being renewed again and again by their own relationship with the source. You can also... Learn shamanic skills from masters. There are master teachers available to you all, all over the world, but in America as well. So a master teacher is someone who is sharing in their teachings things they have learned and they have lived for so long they've already forgotten them. It has become so much a part of their nature and who they are. They don't even remember it as a skill anymore. It's just life. And so a master is someone who is teaching what they have forgotten that they have learned and lived and learned from the, li- from the living of it and have now forgotten much of it, yet they remain a clear and reliable extension of the source. So they have their own relationship with the source, which they cultivated as a teacher, and now evolved that into a path of mastery. So if you perceive of shamanism as a possible path of mastery for you, then I would suggest you do whatever it takes to get yourself to a master teacher. Or you will forever be frustrated by the fact that you have woken up... ...as confused as you may be in that waking... ...further down the path than your teacher. And that is a very confusing place to be. And very few teachers have the relationship with their ego to handle that well. And so if you sense an authentic relationship with spirit... ...you sense a true calling to shamanism... ...then do whatever it takes... ...to find in your life a true master teacher. True teachers connect us to rivers. They connect us to a flow of information that existed before the teacher... ...and will continue to flow after we and the teachers are gone. As students, our attention, our questions, our sincerity... ...pull the river through the teacher to us directly from the source... There are different rivers. And what you need to find then is a teacher that has access, that stands in the river that will take you to your own self expression. The purpose of a teacher, a master teacher, is to help us to use the river, the river that existed before and after humans. So the purpose of this master teacher is to help us to use the river to create a more essential and more authentic expression of ourselves. Great teachers assist many in discovering unique expressions of their true selves. It is their calling. No matter the topic, they are connected to great rivers. And understand this, that even a master teacher is powerless to teach us unless we, the student, allow them to. So even great teachers, even master teachers, are powerless to teach us if we do not take them. It is the student who has the power. It is the student who chooses to bow down low enough to receive the river. And in that act of surrender to the river, the student accesses the powers of transformation that that river provides. So it is important then for you to choose a practice that moves you towards your true self and nourishes your soul. Take the next step, whatever that is, along the path of that practice even if it is inconvenient or it costs money. Take another step and another step until you take a teacher. Give yourself to the teaching so that it touches, you allow it to touch the longing of your soul and then push off into the great current of that river. Surrender to that river and let that river take you to a truer expression of your own authentic self. So thank you, everyone, for listening this week. And I send blessings to each one of you in finding your teacher and taking that teacher on allowing that teacher to assist you in discovering who you are and what you've come here to do and to do it now so we can all enjoy the fruits of those labors. So I want to thank the... Ancestors for being with us here today and for being those rivers for many of us. I want to thank the earth below and the sky above and the big love that is the true merging of those energies from which all life as we know it comes. I want to give thanks for the fact that I am born of love, of that big love, and so are you. And that's really what we're here to do. How do I best express my love in the world? And that is through the expression of my soul's purpose. And may you each ask that question each day and live in a way that is an expression of that soul's purpose. And finally, I give thanks to the heart that unites us all. And May all these energies be with you as you go through this week. Thank you all for listening. Next week, our guest is going to be Tom Cowan. It's another Society of Shamanic Practitioners uh, sponsored show, and it will be a live interview with Tom. Um, Tom will talk somewhat about Celtic shamanism, which is what he is known and loved, beloved around the world for teaching. But in particular, we're going to go into the things that are truly interesting Tom now. He is definitely an elder in shamanism in America uh, in particular. And we're going to talk with him about what is truly interesting to him now, what matters now after decades of this work, and, and what really moves him in his masterful shamanic teacher's heart. So I hope you'll all join us next week. For more information about uh, Christina and Last Mask Center, you can go to lastmaskcenter.org. If you'd like to donate to the show, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com. And if you want to listen to more on Co-Creator Network, it's co-creatornetwork.com. Thank you all for joining us this week.